I was shocked the first time I had ever met Duran Cage. Shocked for a couple of reasons. <laughs> I already know what one uh, one's going to be. This is Auto Collapse. <laughs> the first one because... You can't say it's because he was taller than you. That doesn't work in your situation. I know the no, guy's but tall, but like, aren't you shocked by everybody? You're like... <gasps> Wow. Well, no, because it was that I needed binoculars to see his face. <laughs> like, tall is one thing. To be insanely Stratospheric tall. Like, is a total different one. Like, if he was... He's like, he's trying to high-five him, jumping. <laughs> Dude, I was like... And reaching his belt buckle. At one time, I think I got, like, stuck on his belt buckle, it's and a, he just, like, dragged me around. It's a special kind of height. It's a special yeah, kind special, of height. Like if they cast Duran Cage to play Hercules, which he has the physique to do, he would not have to climb Mount Olympus. He would just have to go on his tippy toes and his he would see the mount, top of Mount Olympus. He is wiggle, so tall. Yeah, wiggle his little yeah, his chin up and he's there, right? <laughs> he's got And the second thing that was shocking to me was how even like you, you know, usually you see people online and you're like, what a strapling good-looking brute. Yeah. And then you meet that person in real life and you're like, cool. Uh, so you took your profile photo 18 years ago. That was your Got high school it. glamour shot. Check. <laughs> that was your high school. But he is strikingly beautiful in real life. Ooh, and that that's a great. shocks me and makes me annoyed all in the same bundle. I do. That's every time I see him, I call fair. him the Denzel of the automotive industry. He Did you know that when they tested, this is a random comment that does Kai back. When they tested faces in front of babies to see which ones made them smile. Denzel Washington was number one. Naturally. Really? So absolutely. And it's, yeah. it has to do with symmetry. All right. Okay. They say it has symmetry. to do with Okay. Oh. <laughs> no, but I bet right, Duran okay. Cage has the same effect, honestly. And mm -hmm. then you pair him with his rock star wife, Paige Cage. And when they walk into a room, you feel like Hollywood just showed up. Seriously. And they do. They walk in like that. It's like a little bit of swagger, right? A little bit and late. A little bit late. Just a little late. Fashionably, a lot of kindness. A lot of kindness. Oh, a lot man. of smiles. Just a lot of kindness. And he carries that. You know, I've had the I've had the pleasure of getting to know him like in the way that he works with dealers a little bit. And he carries that right in his passion for people, the way he cares about stores, the way he gets like emotionally and mentally invested. He's like, No, I wanna see them succeed so bad, bad, right? Bad. And and so he carries that in. Well, we hope that you enjoy our conversation with Duran Cage. There are few people in automotive that can be as dynamic as this man, Duran Cage. Thank you so much. You forgot uh, handsome. For joining you forgot us. handsome. <laughs> dynamic, <laughs> handsome, like the man that can look sly with <laughs> with glasses, without glasses. He's got his no crisis can win shirt on today. He's pulling the brand. It's unbelievable. This guy, I'm telling you, you are everywhere, and I'm so glad that you've joined us uh, on Auto Collabs today, man. Man, that's the first time I've been called dynamic, so I'm, I'm loving that. We're going to call that dynamic Duran or Duran Update dynamic. the website, man. Update it. Man, dynamic. that's dynamic. That's a big, that's a big word right you there. Are. You are. I, I, I second that. I second that. It's dynamic. <laughs> man, I'll take that. So thank you, uh, Kyle, and, and thank you, Paul, both for, for having me on and for everything that you guys have done in the industry. It's refreshing. It's cool. And I'm just thankful to be a part of it. And, and I get to learn from two of the greatest. 
Awesome, Crazy. awesome. All right, so I get the first question. I get the first punch, all right? So, <laughs> so Duran, you, you've been consulting now for some time, and you work with dealerships in the BDC and all that type of stuff, but you've got a long history on the retail side of the business, actually. Walk us back into kind of those early years in automotive and, and what like how you saw them preparing you for what you're doing right now. Yeah. So in the early days of automotive, it's almost three phases. First phase was like 2002, selling cars as a green pea. You know, a lot of us where you just kind of go out there, you make a make a friend and you make a what? A sale, right? That's what you learned. <laughs> then it gets to like 2008, six years later, I'm back on the retail. And then now it's more the digital aspect. So now it's it's dealing with the internet leads. You know, people are still kind of scared trying to figure out how to work that thing out. But you've got 2008 to 2016 where I'm in retail and and there's so much digital transformation that's happening during that time. You know, we're starting to see CRMs being used more, video being used more. And even back then, I talk about this a lot, even digital retailing is already starting to become a thing back in 2007. It's just now, of course, we know what the narrative over the last few years, but the biggest thing that I've seen is just speed, you know, speed of learning how to use the innovations that we're getting. So it's like we can all sell cars, but there's so much innovation in tech that's there. And I posted about this recently, but just making sure that we're aligning with the tech and the innovations and using it to the best of not just the customer experience, but also for the employee experience. But that's what I've seen over the last uh, several years and several several years in retail. Okay, so take me back like 0809, which is the recession, you know, you got cash for clunkers. And I remember that's when I came in the business, right? So the store that I was at, and what I don't know how your time experience to come into was, the business. It was nuts. Literally, the la I came into the business the last week of cash for clunkers. That's not a joke, right? It was yeah. like there were cars literally stacked on stacked in the back of the lot. I feel like it was unbelievable. But Take us back to that because I remember at my store and at least the stores that I knew back then in the area that I was at, you would have like one, maybe two people that like understood that even the website existed still at that point, right? I mean, I know that we're already in smartphones, but in automotive, it's like, yep, there's a website and we get people that click on things, send us information, then we call them type thing. Was that kind of your experience leading in or were you at a little bit more of a progressive place? Like, What did that first interaction from, you know, like what is what was the learning matrix that you had to go through or your dealership had to go through at that point in this like new internet, you know, e-commerce e e ecosystem? Oh, yeah. No, I, I can remember like yesterday because <clears throat> the dealership I was at, we had a projector. So literally I hooked up the laptop and I was showing them, what, what was that website? Was it like fast? I'm trying to remember what it was, something.gov, whatever that kept up with the fuel efficiency. Oh, and it was my gosh. Yes. You could put in the competitive models. Remember, you could put in yes. the make and compare it. Heck, <laughs> and so the best way was we would just get the whole team in there and I would just pull it up on the computer and we would just show them everything. Like, here's where the site is. Here's how we're going to market. We printed off all the materials as well. So we made sure to make it, we pretty much merchandise our store to match what that what that message was. And then the, one of the best things we did is we bought, it was cashforclunkers.org or it was dot something. So this is back when most people wouldn't invest no, in the you did. stuff. Yeah, and so we put billboards all over West Tennessee. Oh, and we man. Built a, yeah, built, we built a micro site and then we had everybody just going to cashforclunkers.org. It was like cashforclunkers TN 
Org. It was something, but we put billboards everywhere. It came into me and my team, and we tore it up. Let's go. That's <laughs> that's amazing. Like that's such. You know what? You know what? Like the 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 one of the greatest art, like one of the greatest art 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 artist artistic things that happens in automotive or in business is people going like, "There's a thing that's happening. I'm gonna buy the URL that people are gonna be like." Oh, that's where I go to find information. So for you to so early on as a store go, oh, yeah, we're going to capitalize on the heck out of this. It's going to be perfect. That's unbelievable. So was it like an education site or did you did you just like create a microsite of, of vehicles? What was like the intention around that? Yeah, no, it was just an education site. So it just like broke down exactly. Hey, here's what's going on. Here's how this works. This is who we're affiliated with. So we had our, you know, this, our, you can go to get more information at this dealership or fill out this information below and one of our team members will be in touch with you. So more informational, educational, there wasn't anything really about inventory. So you couldn't search inventory, buy cars on there. It was 100% around their car and the fuel economy and how to get that going. Wow. Do you see any dealers doing that today? No. Are you seeing dealers like create <laughs> education like, lanes so around? It's time. It's unbelievable. It's like, it's like you know, buy EVT at TN.com. Like someone go buy that thing right now if you're in Tennessee. Yep. And I'm like, I'm mad at myself as a marketer for not creating education microsites that drive to our affiliate partner, the dealership over here. Yep. Are you seeing that at all? No, not much. And, you know, that's how, because you remember a while back, that's how third-party lead providers, not the the inventory ones, but how they used to sell us leads. And I know there's still some companies that do that, not saying that it's wrong if you're, if you're buying from that, but that's really all those sites are, is there sites that have lots of information, lots of SEO content on them, and then they draw customers there, and then they sell that back to the dealership. And I've always said, dealers, why don't you have your own? Like, why not have your own information sites in certain markets that you work with and filter it that way back into your dealership that's just really around giving them research? We literally had this conversation this morning because of the same frustration. We've been we've been saying this for, I don't know, the better part of a year now. Like, just be the smartest person on EVs in your community. You have the opportunity. The field is wide open. I don't care if you're a single point. It doesn't matter how big you are. Physically, you can be the biggest authority on EVs in your region, in your neighborhood, even in the country these days, if you do a good enough job. And right. I just don't see it yet. We might have to do it. I don't know. That's unbelievable. <laughs> got to do something. Now I'm like, do I'm something. done with the podcast because I got go. like 18 marketing. <laughs> we got to go. got to call some people. Got to put some education sites up. Right. <laughs> yeah. All right. So, so fast forward just a little bit because then you, you kind of came through uh, the, the industry partner matrix and went through that. And I want to fast forward uh, kind of the learning there to what you're doing now, which is, which is supporting and educating dealers on um, primarily their business development practices, but also some level of marketing. Um, talk about maybe like the trends you're seeing in uh, customer engagement specifically, like how customers and, and dealerships are communicating and engaging with each other in this like sales process. Yeah, so the, the biggest thing that I've seen recently that I'm pushing for and people that, that you've seen my content on social media is really just empowering your employees more to be able to create that smooth experience for the customers because there's I feel like there's so many things that we want customers to do online but we're not equipping our people to be able to do that. And so right now it's it's really just teaching 
dealers and GMs, the leaders to like break down these walls and stop calling BDCs a BDC because it's so much more than that. These are these are professionals that are in these departments now that need to be empowered to be able when when Paul says, like, hey, man, like what would really be the difference between a lease and finance? They all need to be equipped to have that conversation. And if they can't, they need to be equipped to have somebody that's right there that's a specialist in that area. That's what I feel like both, not just the customers, but both customers and employees want is the most frictionless experience that they can get by making sure if there's any walls that are that are holding us in our process when somebody's trying to do something, whether it be for sales or service, we need to always be evaluating that. And then if, when there's a hiccup, like, you know, like, oh, a person wants to get pre-approved, they live two hours away, they're, and it's taken them six hours, there needs to be, okay, that's a hiccup. So then we need to empower our people and put the right people in place place to make sure that we create the smoothest experience. So that's what I'm seeing a lot is really just growing those leaders that are in that internet department to be able to do more or to bring in more leaders outside of that internet department to work cohesively, like work with them as an online experience team rather than a separated silo, but make sure we're bringing everybody together. I don't know if this is going to be a redundant answer, but um, I'm always fascinated to talk to trainers because they get to experience a lot of different scenarios and no two dealers do it the same way, right? Nor, nor really should they because every dynamic is different. Even if you sell the same make, you're still in a different market um, with different people, right? And no two leadership teams are the same. So you get to see a lot from a broad spectrum of dealerships. Can you distill down like maybe like the top one to three mistakes that you see commonly across the board when it comes to, you know, when it comes to BDC or when it comes, actually not even limited to that. What are the, the top one to three things you see, you know, dealers tripping up on in your experience? Yes. Great question. Number one, communication, no, hands down communication. Okay. Is an- unpack that a minute, right? Because yeah, like you so can, that, you can say, well, we could fix this whole thing if we just communicated better, yeah. right? Like so- you can always <laughs> say that, but, but like yeah. communication breakdown, what specifically, like, what are the breakdowns that you see are like the most potent? Yeah. So a communication breakdown could be something as simple as, as inventory, right? So something as simple as somebody wants to put a deposit or reserve a certain car, custom order. Communication is making sure that you're being proactive with communication with your teams and communicating to them which vehicles are even eligible to do custom orders or even do that process or which ones right now we have to handle a separate way. But when a when somebody that gets that interaction has no idea because nobody communicated to them up front about, hey, it's important to know that this is happening, then they talk to a customer, waste the customer's oh, time on something disaster. that they're trying to do. And then now they got to go back to the customer and communicate to them, I'm so sorry. So yeah. it's, it's little things. It's going to be different communication points. It could be communication in terms of breaking down what an actual online process should look like. Be, it sounds stupid, but really a lot of dealerships, sometimes we don't communicate that clearly in terms of what exactly we're looking for. Right? Like to your Number own people. Two- like to your own people, right? Saying like, hey, this is our strategy. This is how we want our online process to look like, right? Like they don't start there. They just like kind of lump a bunch of things into one, like, okay, it's going to be something like this. Is that what you're saying? Yes. It's not specific. It's almost, it needs to be a playbook. Like there should be no questions. I say this a lot and sometimes it could be taken offensive, but everything needs to be broken down to a third grade level. 
mm-hmm. you know, to where everybody, my son, my, my, I could bring in Preston James and he would understand it and be like, yep, I got it. Mm. To me, it, it is not to offend people, but it needs to be that simple. Uh, the next thing I would say is just accountability, you know, and that's praising too. So when I say accountability, it's on both sides, but going back with communication, there needs to be clarity about what we expect and then not just about what we expect, but what happens when we're not getting the behaviors that we're looking for. And that's the key separator between the clients I have that win and the ones that don't mm. is the leader is either frustrated. Paul and Kyle, I can't get them to do anything. They're lazy. I, and, and I'm like, dude, don't ever say that because they're a representation of you. You know, Ooh. so like, don't <laughs> do that. Ooh, I bet you make some feelings oh, get know, hurt right off of that. <laughs> but they know you, as a leader, you cannot complain to me about your people. Every time I'm going to push right back on you and punch you in the mouth. Because I'm like, well, did you communicate that? Have you had a one-on-one? When's the last time you coached? You see? So we only have to do three. Those are the two things. Being really specific with your communication. But communication, too, again, is asking people, what is it that I just did a coaching call before this, a training. And that's the first thing I do. Give me one thing that's keeping you from having the smoothest process possible with your customers. And I just write them down. Boom, boom, boom. And then we get with leadership. Okay, this is what should happen in this situation. This is that's the communication that employees and customers are looking for. And then the accountability and the praising side is just making sure that we take time to recognize those behaviors that we're really looking for to help the teams win. Sounds a lot like relationship therapy. Yes. You're more you're more of a therapist, I'm sure you figure out, right? When you get in there. <laughs> I would say my job is fifty percent therapy and other fifty percent is definitely execution. Oh man, we got we got three minutes left. I know I know you have somewhere to be, you have clients to serve. Uh Kyle, why don't why don't you uh take the last three well, minutes? Yeah, speaking of relationships is and this is what I think is so wonderful about you like everywhere I everywhere you go I see your wife with you and then like you're always taking your kids places and and doing that and then you you and your wife actually have uh, a thing going on like she's got a thing going on with with supporting health with people everywhere I everywhere you go I see you like being a purveyor of positive relationships like that is the that's the root what has that enabled you to to be better in like these areas of process or of you know dialing and execution or communications like what about the family relationship or the ability to create relationships in multiple different mediums enables you and and could potentially enable other people to be better in their everyday businesses Kyle would go there, man. Well, thank you for saying that. And I know well, we are limited. That's time, our time. <laughs> but I, I know it's just like, dude. But what I'll say, it's the same way that I teach in training. It's the same way in my personal life when I'm talking to people. There's a lot of stuff that I'm teaching people is through my personal pain. That's why we get mentors, right? You know, we have mentors because we want to learn how to avoid certain pains. Like, give me the tell me what you see. And so I've been that guy that didn't prioritize my wife as much as I wanted her to, or my kids. You know, I've been that guy that never saw a basketball game and I Mm. saw the effects of that. And so I don't want other people to go through that because there's always a better way. It's just sometimes we don't have the information to know how to balance things out. And we think the only thing there is, is to chase success. So now I do chase positivity, family, friendship, and things of that nature, because that's really what's important. At the end of the day, man, automotive is great and stuff, but at the end of the day, it's all about us just connecting with one another and helping each other out. That's that's what helps us enjoy life, right? 
Oh, man. I, look, we could easily continue this conversation for a full hour, but people got places to go and people to serve and lives to do their thing. But we're excited that we get to hang out at a SotoCon in yeah. person in just, yeah. I think it's uh, just, I mean, two weeks, two weeks, a little yeah. more. Duran, thank you so much for giving us some of your time today. On behalf of Kyle, myself, uh, thank you for listening to Auto Collabs. Thank you for wearing No Crisis Can Win t-shirt. And we'll see you soon. Thank you, guys. Take care. Y'all, he straight shots fired when he said, if you're a leader and you're complaining about your people, you're doing the wrong complaining. Gosh. He was like, no, no, no. Actually, if you're complaining about your people, that's on you. And that, (sighs) duh. It's tough, right? That's the truth, though. I mean, if you you start thinking about it, you're like, "There's, there's only two routes. Get your people good or get good people. That was drilled into me from from some of my managers and the leaders that I've been. And and it's true. Like mm. if you if you are if you're a leader, like you can't just sit there and be like, my people don't do anything. They can't do this. They can't do that. They better get better. Hmm. Right? He's calling it out. Like <laughs> you're. It's your responsibility at this point to either say that's not the right fit, or if it is the right fit, get them better because that's your role. And that mm. I think that that's a that's a cold hard truth that a lot of leaders. At no matter what capacity, no matter what level, it's hard to swallow because you, you just get that pride level. And man, I appreciate like that's 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 ownership for me that I've got to take more often. It's one of those like it makes me think. What makes you so special? Like what makes you so special that you think you even know what to look for in people? He's like to, I'm I'm seven feet tall. With. I'm good looking. I, yeah. <laughs> no, no, I'm not talking about Durant. I'm talking oh, okay. about the sentiment of like. You know, it, it's all it's all fun and games and easy to understand when we post the visual of here's what leaders look like, and right. it's you know that slave driver versus like walking beside type of a thing. But it's yeah. like that's the question to to probably better phrase it, not to sound like I'm digging at Duran because I'm not. Just feeding off of what he's saying is like, as a leader, how do I feel about my people? That's going to be the first indication whether or not I'm a boss manager or an actual leader. Yeah, I mean, you you take that down, and a leader is always someone who looks inwardly first, right? Who always raises the hand to take accountability before they start to point the finger to say, "Who can I blame for this?" I mean, it's just a it's a real simple litmus test on your reaction, right? When somebody in your organization does something wrong or does something you know that they shouldn't have done, what's the right. first thing you do, right? Like, is it what could I have done to not have them in that position, or is it like let's let them know just how bad they did, right? It really is a great litmus test. Well, we hope that you enjoyed that conversation with the handsomest man, especially if you're on a podcast. Michael Surreal is the handsomest man if you're on a podcast. But if you're watching, it's Duran Cage. Thanks for spending some time with us here on Autocollabs. On behalf of Michael Surreal and myself and Kyle Mounts here, I messed up the order there. We'll see you next time. Sign up for our free and fun-to-read daily email for a free shot of relevant news in automotive, retail, media, and pop culture. You can get it now at asotu.com. That's A-S-O-T-U.com. If you love this podcast, please leave us a review and share it with a friend. Thanks again for listening. We'll see you next time. Welcome, Welcome to, to Collapse. <laughs> Why are we recording? Are we rolling yet? <laughs>